This is the Approaching the Natural podcast with Sid Garza-Hillman. Hello, small steppers. Welcome one and all to my show, uh, my weekly podcast, wherein I use fancy words like wherein, plus discuss my thoughts and perspectives, and once in a while, you know, have conversations with other people besides talking to myself uh, about health and happiness, about how to negotiate this nutty nut nut world better. Not perfect. If you guys listened to last week's episode, you know what I'm talking about, but better. And I think when we just kind of put that into perspective and say, listen, there's some crazy stuff going on. <clears throat> I've got, you know, a job, kind of crazy if you look at it, for just a, just a, just kind of step two feet back from a job, the, the concept of a job, and just kind of look at what we're doing compared to what our ancestors were doing uh, in terms of, you know, we got to go somewhere to do a thing for a, a long, a really a huge chunk of our day, then that gives us the money that we can then use to do the things that we need to do to live, like buy food, and it's mediated, and it's extra extra time that we have to devote to these kinds of things. It's not a medium, not wandering around a forest picking up food or looking for and then picking up food. We've got lots of things to do. And then we've got our children and our spouses and our other things that we want to uh, you know, do in our lives. And these take up the, the bulk of what I call mental real estate, the, the space in our brains, all these things that we're balancing and negotiating. Whether we are doing it consciously or not, we are trying to do it. Our minds and bodies are trying to do this the best way we can. That's, that's a fact, bodies and minds. We're trying to do the best way we can. We have a bad day at work. We want to do that the best way we can. Sometimes that means coming home and having a few beers because that's the best way we know to dissipate that stress. I'm here to sell you on what I think is a better way. And I'm not anti-having a few beers once in a while either. What? Dabble in, wait, what? Yeah, I already jumped way ahead. It's like a time warp. I'm not going there yet. I'm not going to get to the subject of this week until I'm ready. So get back on your treadmill, light your cigarette while you're on the treadmill, and I think Turn it on. I think turn the treadmill on this time. Okay, you guys, that's your task for the week. Turn the treadmill on. No more standing on the treadmill and then just being like, yeah, I just worked out. I was on the treadmill for like 30 minutes. Now I'm saying turn the damn thing on. Okay, you heard it here first. Okay, that's some that's some fitness advice that is not uh, usually offered for free. But it is here at the Approaching the Natural podcast. I am devoted, uh, really devoted uh, in my life uh, to raising everyone's baseline to 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 helping people improve their day to day the the boring stuff the stuff that we actually ironically don't attend to a, a lot we attend to the short term things we attend to even vacations or diets or things that are short term and where they're packaged and they 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 we can we can handle them we can we we know what to make of them we know what a, a day 20 you know 21 day diet we can we can sort of wrap our brains around that what's harder for us to wrap our brains around is True habit change is true improvement of our everyday for the rest of our lives. It's a lot of time, and it's hard for us to wrap our brains around that sometimes, and we go, ah, ah, screw it. I'm just going to go out and do this thing tonight because that long-term thing, that's kind of weird. And so I'm not saying in my approach to have to you know, c- consider the breadth of what lies behind, you know, in front of you for the rest of your life. Uh, the opposite, actually, what I'm saying is, Let's try to do today. Let's try to reframe what we want in our lives, first of all, and and get clear on what we want in our lives. Then, using my small steps approach, my particular unique brand of small steps, to say, okay, well, how do I start that today? How do I actually, literally, today, start that? How can I can I do something 
that fits in my life today that gets me going today. It's exercise, might be two squats. It's a big sell. It's fun. I just did a, a talk with uh, Veg News Magazine, that group, and they did a little retreaty thing at the end. It was really fun, and I did a little talk, talked about this very thing. We get overwhelmed. I just talked about this in, the, in my new video on YouTube. Uh, if you haven't subscribed, I mean, what are you waiting for? It's crazy. Um, but the overwhelm and this idea, like, it's not an idea. It's a reality. We Most of us feel overwhelmed. I did this thing um, last night at, at uh, Sanctuary Bistro down in Berkeley. Um, it was fun. I don't know if I would have driven eight hours round trip to do to do it again, um, but it's what it was. But I met some cool people and sold some books, and that's how that goes. But anyway, gave a little talk, and this mother jumps up from her table, comes over to the book table, and she's like, the whole thing. She's like, I have a one-year-old and a three-year-old, and I'm overwhelmed. And I, I'm like, hey, man, I got twins. I know exactly what you're talking about. Like, my twins are eight, so they're not as young, but I was there. I was there. Lisa and I were there big time. There's always this kind of line that moves from time to time, but it's the line that we can, we sometimes we can just like easily step over into overwhelm. I mean, just like, boom, we're overwhelmed. And it seems like there's no way out sometimes. It seems, especially when you're as tired with small children as, as one can be, it's it's a can be as wonderful as children are a very bleak dark place there's no getting around that the level of tired when i look back on that uh time was unprecedented i mean i went four years of college pulled on all-nighters nothing compares to uh having twins and just doing that waking up every hour thing for days on end and and going to work the next day right that's that's the recipe for overwhelm so the tough you know sell from me is I think I have a solution to solve that issue, to, to say, okay, as overwhelmed as you think you are, there's actually a way out of here. And the way out is, of course, my, my brand of small steps, which is to say, let's make cracks because you can't, you're feeling overwhelmed and why you're feeling overwhelmed is because you're tired, like I said, and you're, much of your day is taken up, much of your mental real estate is taken up. On top of that, you think that exercise is uh, what it was before you had kids. 30 minutes, 45 minutes, I don't know, at the gym, running. I don't know what that is. But the context of your life has changed drastically with kids. It can change drastically with a new job. It can change drastically with a, with a getting married and sharing your life with somebody. It can change drastically in many ways. And each at each of those stages, it benefits us to have the liberation and freedom to say, okay, time to redefine, time to redefine what exercise is because it's no longer what it was when I was living that life. Now it's what it is for this life. I had to do that personally with journaling. You guys have heard a thousand times. If you haven't, you've been just lazy, frankly, and haven't heard the old podcast. So get, get, get off your duff. Sorry to swear, but I'm just going to say get off your duff because I don't dance for the man. So I'm just going to go ahead and say that. Try to, try to censor me. F F C D A. I don't know who. What's the governing body? I don't know. I'm just gonna say Duff till somebody comes over here and cuffs me. Um, but go back and listen to old episodes. But you're gonna hear me talk about that because I had to eat some, you know, freaking crow <clears throat> back then. I'm the I'm the guy who originated and invented my own small steps approach. You'd think I'd be like no problem at every step of the way, but I got problems every step of the way. But I'm, I, you know, I'm thinking I'm doing okay, and that's the whole that's the whole point. But one of those things was eating crow about journaling. It was like ah, I got this. I used to do 30 minutes. I'm a small stepper. I'll do 10 minutes because that's nothing, of course. And then just didn't journal. And I was like, wow, this is yeah, this is why I come back here. I say this every week because 
this is why I come back here every week because it's easier said than done. And 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 this is assuming, by the way, that somebody like accepts my approach. I've got two cells. One is to sort of communicate this approach cl- clearly enough that somebody gets it. But once they get it and accept it, even go yes, yes. There's still a massive amount of work that goes into this way of living. It's just less work to me and less wear and tear than yo-yo dieting and quick other quick fix models. This is a, a minimized wear and tear kind of model, but they're, you know, make no mistake. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Um, so anyway, if you're just joining me, that's, you know, we, I kind of jump around on these ideas of, of, of I'm, I'm, I'm working with people. I'm seeing, you know, in my practice, I'm seeing, you know, in, in the, in the classes that I teach at the Stanford and wellness center, there, there's, very common themes. One of them is the overwhelm. One of them is just the knowledge problem that I talk about almost all the time, which is this idea that to solve an issue in our lives, it means that we automatically need to know more. Like if we feel like we're not healthy, we've got to know as much as humanly possible about food. And we just don't, most of us, not even close. If we want to start exercising, we have to know as much as possible in the history of mankind about exercise, and we really, really don't uh, at all. In fact, the opposite is, is, is to be true, uh, which is that we have to learn, don't have to, but it, it behooves us to learn how to call call it. Like, yeah, I got it, I got it, I got it, moving on. I talked about this last week, balancing all those things, not trying to, per, to, uh, to chase perfection in any one area because usually that means a failure, a life failure that way. So um, another aspect of small steps in case you're just joining me, it also remind people who have been here since day one is that this is an adding in process. And as you add in, not, not, of course you want to not do this thing and not do that thing, but the way to do that, the way to succeed at that, in my opinion, is to add other things in. What things? Things that are truly you. Things that when you shed away all the busyness and take literally a moment some days to just say, what's my ideal life? What would I be, what could I be doing or what would I be doing if I had all the time and resources at my disposal right now? What would happen? And using those ideas of oh, I'd write a novel, I, you know, et cetera, et cetera, to say, okay, well, now let me apply that to this right here, and that's the, you know, that's the task of this is to say, what is the time and place? And and uh, one of the things I I didn't mention last week, and I had it on my notes, and I just didn't get to it, was this concept of time and place, which is remembering that that it a small stepper does act in context. It's a weird balancing act because. It's not to say that the externals 100% dictate our actions. It's not to say, well, since I have a a busy job and a busy commute, uh, time and place is screw it, can't do anything. It's to say, maybe there's a limit to what I can do right now, given my time and place, but I can do something. And what I'm going to do is enough to keep me engaged in my life and happy and healthy enough without uh, burning me out or without making me too stagnant. It's kind of cool. And, and understand this also, but that, that time and place also sometimes dictates massive uh, steps. But you know how I define small steps, right? St- to me, small steps is are, let's say, just in case I care about grammar at all, small steps are uh, uh, amounts of an action that keep you in the adaptive stress realm. Taking on too much, burnout, taking on too little stagnancy. Uh, so it sometimes, given time and place, 
in the context of our lives, we're ready to take on a whole bunch, but it's still a small step for us because we know enough to say, yeah, this is the right amount for me right now, and it's not going to stress me out. We know enough. We've done the work before we do the action in the world. We've done the, the ideal life. We've done the getting in touch. We've taken the time. We've seen the long view, and we get an idea of of ourselves and our reactions to these things, and we know that right out of the shoot, we could make a wrong choice. We could take on too much, just thinking we it's not stressful for us, but we quickly realize Okay, yeah, too much. And we back back down. We don't go all or nothing. We just go, oops, that was a little too much. Let me ramp it back down a few notches. Okay, still too much. Okay, a few notches down. Okay, good. Oh, wait, no, that's a little too easy. One notch up, boom. And this is over days, and you're engaged, and you're not spending a ton of time. You're still going to work, still raising your family, still hanging out with your spouse. It's not tanking you. It's not a diet. It's not taking over your life. But it's knowledge. Little, just notch, notching it down. Little notches on the belt. Little, little more knowledge about the life you want to live, little little arsenal of experience of, of, of each time that you check in with yourself and say, it's too much or too little. Yeah, good. Okay, good. Another experience of self-knowledge, knowing, getting more in touch with your feelings around these kinds of things, <clears throat> and even better yet, self-care. Little, little, little moment of getting to know yourself better, but also just another notch in your belt of taking care of yourself. That adds up over time, you guys. That adds up over time. You get so good and adept at taking care of yourself. It's like a second, it becomes second nature in, a, in, the, mo, in the most healthy way. And instead of this sort of second nature of coming home and, and, and eating a cheese pizza when we're stressed, we come home and go, man, that was a really, really crappy day. Um, let me go for a light walk and take some deep breath. Woo, before dinner. Woo. And sometimes it means, yeah, I'm still going to have this other thing that's not healthy, but you know, again, I've done pretty well most days. I'm living, whatever. You know that conversation. We get better at that. We know, yes, I'm generally I'm feeling really good. This is a treat day. Fine, we're in control. We're making that. We're calling the shots on that. The time and place is of this idea of there are more appropriate actions given time and place, and less appropriate actions. Appropriate for what to deliver us health and happiness. And I'm saying. That, that, that let's say let's just stick with food and exercise for the for the sake of that whole rig and roll but diet I'm not saying that diet and exercise should be hundred percent informed by time and place I'm saying partially what it means is how old you are where you're living your schedule your job uh, if you're on a trip if you're with family at a Thanksgiving dinner these are things that to consider and it allows you to move through your life and avoid militancy. Or avoid just full avoidance of just like, I'm not going to go out with anybody or I'm going to go out and just be militant person who walks in with just bags of food to an event. And I'll sit over here in the corner. Can you make space on the counter for my special food? If it sounds like I'm being critical, I'm really not. No, I totally am. I totally am because I don't find that to be a good, sorry, I'm angered somebody. But it's, if you're the person I anger, ask yourself if you're happy doing it. If you are fantastic, I've just never seen that. I've never seen somebody who is so hyper-focused on these kinds of things and has to, and, and makes everybody move out of the way. Now, do I have certain lines I won't cross? Sure. And we have brought food to things. I'm just saying we do it. I've learned to do it in a way that's just like, oh, yeah, no, no, we're, we're, we're good. And I come in with a couple things and if I and, and it's like nobody really notices. And it's ha- I've had great success at it, by the way, because the people that have interacted have, have changed, and I've changed too, and we evolved together, and it's cool. It's part of that whole that whole thing. But back to time and place. Travel, work, home. These things in our lives mean if we're you know traveling, we may not be able to do the same kind of exercise. If we're traveling and we're in an airport, we cannot eat the same food that we do when we're home. 
we say, okay, let me adjust to the time and place that I am in right now. It's not given this time and place, screw it, I can't do anything, so I might as well do the opposite and might as well go to the freaking McDonald's in the airport instead of just buying some trail mix. We just go, trail mix is what it is today. We don't go, oh no, the trail mix, it has a little salt in it and I'm salt-free 100% of the time. And we can go either one of two ways, get super stressed by travel or never travel again and never see people. I can't travel because I have to have trail mix or I have to carry other things. It's prohibitive I'm just going to run on a limb here for most people, prohibitive to live that way. Instead, if you can make micro adjustments given time and place, not all or nothing adjustments, but micro adjustments, then that means that time and place inform your dietary and exercise choices all the while being of a much higher quality than before because you're engaged. And that's why I talk about this being a baseline kind of podcast uh, because I'm talking about baseline. So as this whole engagement process that we're in of finding out more about ourselves and building up that arsenal experience of little moments of self-care and little moments of accomplishment, these add up over time to raise your overall day-to-day in such a cool way that even in on days where you're not doing so well because you're traveling or whatever, it's crazy busy day at work and people order to-go food, your level's so much higher overall, overall, like by, by far, and how cool, right? Am I, am I right? Am I, can I get a yes, you're right, Sid? <clears throat> mm. Okay, a couple quickies because I'm just bored with uh, announcements, and so I hate I hate them. I'll probably do some at the end. I I just I just I don't think they do anything. Like it's like you should make sure that you announce your social media. Like I don't it doesn't I don't care. You can find out everything you know at SidGarzaHelmet.com. That's for sure. Here's the most important things I mentioned: YouTube because it's creative. It's my one of my outlets. Like this podcast. If you're listening to this podcast. Hopefully, you're watching my YouTube channel, and if you don't, little moments, I got the OMMW every week, the one-minute midweek. Just go in there, get a little shot in the arm or the thigh, wherever you get a shot. I don't know. I'm not a doctor, but you get a little shot, a little one-minute refresher midweek. You got the podcast in the beginning week, got your one-minute midweek, and you got a video. I mean, I'm just delivering these things to your doorstep for crying out loud. Talked about the umbrella goal last week. That's the goal that sits on top of every other goal you have. I want to run a faster marathon. The umbrella goal sits on top and says, yes, but you also want to live a happy and healthy life. So train for that marathon. Have a great time with it. But at the point where it takes over your life, then maybe it's not the best thing. So understand the process and that you're not, you don't want to tank your overall life just for that marathon. And you can still do it and it might fit perfectly again, time and place. Or you go, whoa, let me just, I'm kind of put pushing too hard on this and I'm getting sick. And then I'm going to be able to do no running because I push too hard. So it's a way to kind of keep your eye on the umbrella goal, which is that we're all trying to, you know, live the best life that we can. Am I right? Am I right? Yes. Um, but smallsteppers.com is uh, the the deal. I am, for members of you guys, uh, members of you guys, members of smallsteppers.com who listen to this podcast, because I know you do, I know you do, I'm thinking about adding a second live Q&A. And it's only because of scheduling purposes, because I talked to one of the uh, members who went through, and she's done uh, with the program, and she had very nice things to say. She's lovely. I've seen her and her wife a few times now, and they're just like, I'd rather just like hang out with them. And that's it. Just hang out with them. Anyway, and so, um, but she she said, you know, because of her schedule, it's hard to do the weekend live Q and A. So I'm thinking maybe I'll do a midweek kind of half hour live Q and A for people. So if you're a member, then just beware. But that's what you get with smallsteppers.com. It is not 
this podcast or that. It is not it is not smallsteppers.com or a diet, frankly. It is it, it's apples and oranges. Really, really is. It is it is a 12-week program where you're in it learning my small steps approach. You can do everything else you want in your life while you're doing smallsteppers.com. There's no reason you don't have to put anything on hold, but you will learn an absolute huge amount. And I just assume you do a diet while you do smallsteppers.com because you'll have context, because you'll have increased understanding about maybe why you went to the diet in the first place. And you might even be more successful at the diet because you understand what it really takes to make actual changes in your life. And that's what you learn at smallsteppers.com, right? Okay. Health Made Simple, I uh, created with Matt Frazier, the No Meat Athlete. Uh, it is a meal system. And a, a, I'll put this, a healthy eating system. It is for people who want to spend less time in the kitchen and want to eat super healthy, but but like don't want it to be hard at all, week to, day to day, week to week. And who maybe like to dabble in a recipe here and there, but this is the day. Again, the, I'm all about the everyday. That to me, that's where people are struggling the most, number one. Number two, it's also the least attended to part of the sort of nutrition slash uh, healthy eating, uh, uh, sorry, like exercise. Like it's, it's the least attended to part of that, world, of that environment. Nobody is really talking about the everyday. In my opinion, I am, and I'm one of the few, and I wish there were more, frankly. I wish... I don't know. I wish I'll put it this way. I wish more people were 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 getting excited by top ten lists and getting all jazzed by by diets and and quick fixes. Fine, but but at at the same time, saying yeah yeah yeah, that's exciting. But I've got to make sure I attend to my life today in a very non sexy way. Um, and so that's me. That's health made simple with Matt. That's smallsteppers.com. It is that it that that stuff is to me the most important stuff because it's the platform from which you do everything else. But we don't even deal with the platform. We just jump right into the quick, 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 re- quick result model that we think is quick result, and it never is. Sorry, but it just isn't. Um, thank you to people who threw down some reviews. I did ask for that. I got a couple more reviews this week on Amazon. Thank you so much. And and if you've read Re- Raising Healthy Parents. Uh, Small Steps, Less Stress, and a Thriving Family, my new book that's out now. And if you've read it, I really, really, really could use some uh, reviews uh, on Amazon or wherever else. Just the three lines, three, two, three lines. Yes? Okay. Got some nice donations this week. Uh, I asked people to, um, if you dig what you you listen to here, I'm not going to go into the, just like, if you, like, look, I'm doing this for free. It's such a weird thing, right? We're all out about podcasting. And it's free, and it's meant to be free. And I want to put the word out, and people come and join Small Steppers, and it's fine. But if you want to throw me a virtual cup of coffee per month, I'll take that too. Two bucks a month. Two bucks a month. You can do less. You can do a dollar or you can do three bucks a month. I'm just saying I wouldn't buy a $3 cup of coffee. Well, I would. I would. There's sometimes at Phil's Coffee in the Bay Area, I'll pony up three or four bucks for a cup of coffee. It's still black coffee. I'm not saying I'm not going to. I have ethical issues with anything other than a black coffee. So I'm not going to cross that ethical line. I'm just saying I'll pay a three or four bucks for it. That's all I'm saying. So thanks to everybody who, who, uh, who throws me a couple bucks every month? Helps me come back here, helps me buy equipment and the whole the whole rigmarole. Dig? Okay, let's talk. Um, and all you have my appearances coming up: January in Arizona, Nashville in April, Wilmington, North Carolina in April, New York City in May. That's what I got so far. Okay, my assistant Esther, she's working on some other things. I might have some other dates to announce at some point soon. That's exciting stuff. Let's talk about the constraints of belief. Um, Belief is one of these things that comes up fairly often in uh, in my practice when I was working predominantly with private clients prior to the launch of smallsteppers.com. And it's this idea of like, 
I, I've I've tanked it on this website before because these kinds of like poster motto type things drive me nutty nut nut because they mess with people's minds. But one of them is like just believe in yourself, and I've always like had a very hard time really getting to the nuts and bolts of what the heck that means. Like I don't know what the, I don't. It's it, it's it's like just flick the switch and believe in yourself, and I don't know what that. Is. Maybe it's just me, but I've always thought, well, is it just saying the words? I can be. The Queen of England, I believe that. Is that going to, I don't know what that is. And so to me, sometimes those things are getting in the way of actually living well again today. We have these lofty kinds of just believe in yourself. I think that believing in ourselves comes from action. I think believing in ourselves comes from seeing in little moments starting today what we are actually capable of doing. Number one, by taking on any small step is you're taking control of your life and you're saying, you know what, I, I can't, you, that act alone is, ma- I don't care if it's a 30 second step or a 10 second step. It's massive because you're not saying there's nothing I can do about it. And when you say there's something I can do about this, I don't care how much time the step is. That's huge. You're just walking, getting up today and saying, I'm going to, I can do something about this. This is how you begin to formulate belief in your own ability, belief in the, in the, in, in your, in your ability to craft a life that is based on your terms. It's on your terms and it's based on your values and standards and everything else. That's how you do that. You get up and you say, I'm doing something about this. This is a massive thing. I've talked about before. Small steppers don't ever say, I don't know. I t- <laughs> we go, yeah, but we're doing something about it. We have the same complaints. We have the same desires. I want to you know, be at a healthy weight. I want to blah, blah, blah. But we also go, yeah, but I'm doing something about it. So the complaint lasts all of about a, a millisecond before we go, oh, yeah, that's right. I'm doing something about it. And I'd like to record another album. You know, I've thought about that recently. I brought my music back. I've been doing a little writing. And I think about it pretty often. And and I believe I can do it because I have a lot of arsenal experience. I've done multiple albums, so I've got that under my belt. But my time and place is very different now with the kids and this podcast and my YouTube channel. All things I love. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying my life is very different. I'm not a full-time musician anymore. So I make adjustments. And as much as I want that album and believe I can do it, I'm also saying... Yeah, but I'm doing something about it. Now, that something about it is now like one day a week. It's not much. It's not every day. I'm not in the studio every day writing. I'm not. If I were, I probably would have had the album well on its way by now. It's just not time and place. I'm not willing to give up other stuff for it, but I'm not willing to give it up also. I'm not willing to say, just because I can't do it every day, I'm not going to do it at all. I'm saying, what can I do? I'm going to do something about it. This is how we get that done. This is how we start to formulate, I believe I can get this done, is by seeing what we can do right out of the chute. But with the constraints of belief that I want to talk about this week a little bit is there are certain, anybody who goes, you can do anything you set your mind to, it's just not true. It's just, sorry, but it's absolutely not. I cannot, I've talked about that. I mean, probably in the last 30 episodes, I've talked about this. I can't be world champion 50 mile ultra runner. I, I could try to believe that about myself. Nothing in my life has informed, I can finish ultra marathons, but nothing I can have done or nothing about my reality, being a 49-year-old father of three with you know multiple jobs and <laughs> everything that I do, um, that I'm going to be the top ultra runner. Not right now. Not probably ever. I mean, I just, I can't see it. But the thing is, is what I want to talk to you guys about is, is is here where here's where I think belief is. I do believe that I can be a good athlete. I do believe I think when we get past the val- the uh, labels of things, the title, the positions of things. I think we can we can get past the constraints of belief. In other words, if we believe 
Uh, I'm going to be a, a, a platinum-selling musician. I believe that. I, and I may or may not. To me, it's a little bit of a waste of time, whereas I can believe that I can be, you know, work on my music and record albums and do the things of being a successful musician other than the title and the position or some sort of external award-winning kind of status level that isn't about me. It's about, to me, it's attaching belief to the values without being constrained by the position or title. If I say, I just believe that I can be a platinum song, platinum musician and the cover of Rolling Stone at 49 years old, it's sort of, it becomes neither here nor there. But what I can believe is I can work at music and write songs and record them and I can get to the nitty gritty. And then secondarily, if some crazy thing happened and I was on the cover of Rolling Stone, I'd be like, that's kind of weird, but cool. But I didn't have to give up much on the way. I just did the work and I really dug it. And I wasn't constrained by this feeling like I'm never going to get that cover. I'm failing because I don't have the cover. It's like this idea of just believe you can be at a healthy weight and you will be. No, that's, I don't even know who cares, who, who knows who cares. But I think it's pretty quickly, if you start eating healthier food today, that stock of celery, that you can start to believe, like actual have real belief in yourself that you can eat healthy. That's how you show yourself. And then later on down the line, you're probably going to get to a healthy weight. Or at least you're upping the chances of that happening because you started to see the work that's involved in getting to that thing and actually engaging in that work almost solely. And then it, and then succeeding or at least achieving right out of the chute at it. And then you're not constrained by belief or... Gosh, I just, it's so hard for me to picture myself being a, a, a professional ultra runner. I just can't picture it. Of course you can't. You don't have a, I, who knows? I, I can't picture myself being at a healthy weight. Yeah, because you've never been at a healthy weight. Why waste your time? But can you picture yourself eating uh, uh, celery every day, a stock of celery? Maybe not. But here's the thing. Can you eat a stock of celery every day? Most likely. Then all of a sudden you're eating a stock of celery and you don't even need to worry about whether you believe you can do it or not because you're freaking doing it. You're freaking doing it. And you're understanding that it really isn't about the weight. It is about you. Do you or do you not have the ability to take more control over your life? Yes. The answer is yes. Sorry, but it freaking is. Because everybody has it. Everybody has it in them. So it's just, it's it's sort of this constraint of belief of just believe you can do this thing. Well, be careful when you jump down that freaking rabbit hole because all of a sudden, if it's some sort of goal that seems out of uh, your realm of possibility, whether it is or not, that's going to constrain you. That's going to keep you from working today. So if you reformulate those kinds of ideas and say, well, wait a second, I do believe that I can uh, improve as an athlete. I do believe I can improve, improve my diet. Whether I get there, I don't really know, but I know that if I break it down and, and get it to somewhere where I can do it starting today and I go for a walk and yesterday I didn't go for a walk, I'm kind of already on my way, aren't I? And it's sort of independent of whether I believe I can do it or not because I'm doing it. I don't need to believe anything. How liberating that is. Am I right? Am I right? <clears throat> this week's episode just, just, just scattered with me questioning, asking you guys questions and expecting an answer after 221 episodes. Did I hear you guys? Did you say anything? Did somebody say something? That's what I'm doing right now. Did somebody say something? I'm expecting 221 episodes in. Somebody go, yes, it, good point. <clears throat> Thank you. I'm, I'm glad to hear it. Mm. Okay. Constraints of belief. That's a, that's a big, I, I, 
it's it's so it's so weird to be in the job that I uh, have because these are things that bothered me before I had this job. Like I never before I was a health coach, nutritionist, small steps coach, all the things I do right now. Before I just still was bothered by just believe in. I I'll tell you why because when I was a musician. I was making a living acting, but I didn't really, is neither here nor there. I didn't really give a crap about acting. It was, a, it really was a job. Like I, it wasn't my, I was like, oh my gosh, I wish I could be. It wasn't, but music and, and people, oh, just, you know, you both, it's the, it's the people who believe in themselves that succeed. And I frankly think that distracted me for a while. I think, I think it distracted me to enough where I wasn't doing, if I were now my age then and back in LA, I would be working three times as hard on music. And I worked my ass off. I mean, we did multiple albums, but I would have just been, I would have ramped it up. I would have ramped it up even more. I just would have kept writing and writing and throwing out songs if they sucked and going through that process just more. But instead it was like, crap, oh, each song has to, eh. and it was a little bit, you know, it was like hard for me to kind of, and now I know I got the experience fine. But now I'm helping people in this way. How So how kick ass? It's like that 10,000 hours thing. I would have put the 10,000 hours in. I may have already. I don't know. I definitely put $10,000 in back then. Uh <laughs> Listen, I uh, got a question about sleep when I was doing the Veg News Magazine talk. And, and Veg News Magazine is a great magazine, and I know the owner, uh, Colleen, who's a bud. She's just fantastic. She's lovely. I love seeing her. Love seeing her. And I think she listens to the podcast. Colleen, get back to work. Dude, you have a magazine to put out, okay? Do not waste your time here, okay? That's my directive to you. Somebody asked about sleep, and this is a question I've gotten before, so I'm going to address it here. Um, it was sort of, what do you think about sleep? And I was, you know, campy and, and, uh, and like a smart ass. What? That's crazy. You were a Sid, you were a smart ass. That's the first time that's happened since breakfast. Um, and I said, sleep's great. It's great. People should sleep. The analogy I made was between sleep and diet. It's like, to me, it's like saying, well, what about healthy eating? Of course. And, and again, why I come here every week, because it's not it, it sounds good, like, oh, sleep, it's so good. Let me read some books on how to sleep and how much sleep we should get and what it does to our bacteria and what it does to our bodies overall and how we recover and how it affects our mood. And this is all amazing information that will not help you sleep better. And, and just like learning all about nutrition will not help you eat better. There is still a behavioral mechanism in place that to succeed at sleeping, you have to dial in to get there, and here's what I mean. Everybody, by the way, since this came up, I've asked a few people, like, what is the main driver of a of a not a good sleep? What is the main driver that upsets sleep? Everybody, 100% of people like stress. I go, yes, stress. So this isn't about whether sleep is good. It's that ship's left the harbor. We know that, and we know what basically healthy eating is. We know that too. The question that remains is, how do we get to, I always go behind the veil, right? How do we get to the point that we can freaking have a good night's sleep. Not, is it good to have a good night's sleep? Of course it's good to have a good night's sleep. People might differ a little bit with how many hours, given how age you are. Just like people might differ a little bit between 100% plant-based and a little bit of animal products or paleo. There's some, But there's a general idea that the more natural you eat, the better. We're all going to jump in. I have different opinions about things on diet for sure. And so likewise with, with sleep, there could be different. Somebody can say, oh no, when you're 50, you like, you only need six hours of sleep. And people always go like, I'm 80. I only need, I need like negative one hour of sleep. I I'm awake 25 hours a day now because I'm 80. Um, but, but for most of us, it's like, in general, we feel better when we sleep more hours. Good. Okay. So now let's get back to the real discussion here. 
The real conversation in food, it's also the real conversation, which is how do you get your the, the, the foundation of your behavior, your action, your overall low stress level so that you can implement something like getting enough hours of sleep? Well, that means eating well. That means dealing with your relationships. That means uh, taking some exercise that is enjoyable and not too stressful and not, not enough stressful. Finding all these balances everywhere. Sure, knocking out caffeine later in the day. Uh, alcohol. I mean, there are very real things, but we have to, if you, let's say alcohol, let's say, cause I, if I have a beer, like I don't sleep as well. As you know, that's just, this is true. Now I'm still going to have a beer sometimes time and place because the next day I can sleep in or whatever. I try to get better about sort of making that assessment. Well, yeah, I'm going to have a beer. It's no big deal. But if I got to get up at six in the morning to go run with Sid and Bree, I probably won't have a second beer or not even a first again, time and place. But how do we get to this point where we are, uh, making the, if we say alcohol is going to upset my sleep, we, st- we individually have to get to the point where we're able to not have that beer or better yet do other things. Maybe because that beer is like the best thing after a rough day. Maybe we work to small step to other things that are solutions to a rough day other than that beer that's still that set in the stage for action. So setting the stage for action in sleep would be the, all the things I talk about all the time, deep breathing, journaling, light exercise, eating better, breaking up your day with moments, going out and doing some integrated exercise, going out and taking a one-minute walk every hour. Do these affect sleep? Yes, they do because you get home calmer. You get home because your day at work wasn't as stressful, and then that's a less chance that you're going to wake up at 3 in the morning with your freaking head on fire because of something that happened at work. Does it mean you're going to perfectly have perfect sleep from here on out perfectly every time because you did these things I just listed? Of course not. But can we do better day-to-day such that our behavior patterns around sleep and healthy eating improve over time? Of course. And then we can actually include the things that everybody else is going, it's, it's healthy to get eight hours of sleep. Sure it is. Great. Can you help me get eight hours of sleep? What is, it, what is, what is you telling me that getting eight hours of sleep is healthy going to do for me when I'm waking up at three in the morning knowing that eight hours is great, but I'm getting up at three in the morning because I'm super stressed and over-caffeinated? When are you going to give me? It's like saying the top 10 superfoods, if you eat these things every day, they're fantastic. Do that. Okay, are you going to help me build in the behavior, the knowledge of how to create new habits in my own life such that I can eat those things every day? Are you going to help me with that? Are you just going to dole out the, the, the advice and then just walk away and leave me hanging on how to get this done? There are tons of of books and articles about sleep, and you should read them or at least a certain amount and get an idea of, man, yeah, that's a priority for me. Then the real work begins, which is, how do I pull this off? How do I freaking pull this off? Well, you pull it off by attending to your life when you're awake. That's how you pull it off. You pull it off by paying more attention to your life while you're awake. That's how you sleep better. Weird? Yes, it is, but it's true. You do better at when you're awake, then you sleep better. You don't do better while you're awake, then your sleep's disrupted by what you did when you were awake. Whoa. Yeah, accountability. So I'm talking about. It's not fun. It's not fun to be accountable. It's only just awesome and about living an awesome life when you're accountable. And you're like, yeah, it's me. It's me because I can take care of this or not, but it's my choice and I can get that done. That's the sleep question. That's this week's sleep question. Mm. Let's talk about me losing my mind because that's what just happened. And I don't know how to get around that. Maybe there's a book on how not to lose your mind. If somebody has that book, uh, send it to me, will you? Please, thanks, because I'd like to know how not to lose my mind. Okay. 
Let's get into the, the uh, episode uh, subject of this week. It's called uh, Cleverly Might I. I always say that, but I always do clever titles. So it's to me, it's like I'm not tooting my own horn. I'm just saying every week I have a clever title. So, of course, I'm just going to talk about it every week because it's just true. A little dabble do ya. Now, for those of you older than I, a little dab apostrophe LL, a little dab old do ya is Brill Cream. Brill Cream was like this hair. Th- I don't even know. I didn't use I'm bald. What am I going to put? Just cake my head with Brill Cream and walk around at the circus or some? I don't even know where I would go with that kind of look. Nowhere successfully, I'll tell you that much. Uh, so I just morphed it a little dabble do ya. And here's what I was thinking about this week. And look, it's not going to be a huge surprise. You guys know that I do the little occasional, by occasional I mean daily, but still in the time of my 24-hour day, it's 10 minutes. Two days ago, it was 16 in the river. Boy, that was a good one. Did I guys t- did I tell you that Sid and, and Bree named my harbor seal friend uh, Wim Hof? So now I get in the river, and if he's not around, I go, Wim! And within minutes, he just, this little head comes up and he looks at me and we're, we're there and I've kind of made peace with him. Like he knows that I'm afraid of him and I think he's kind of okay with that. Um, and so we just kind of look at each other from about six to 10 feet away, depending on how close he gets. And we just stare at each other for a period of time. And then he just goes out and goes and plays with his buddies again. He just comes say hi. It's the cutest damn thing. Um, anyway, and so, so we had, you know, so I'll dabble in the river. 16 minutes I did the other day. It was really nice. Uh, it was a good one. I got, I got, I got good. I got it, at 17 minutes, as I was getting out, I started to feel the cold kind of hit in. And I was like, good, good that I'm getting out. Didn't push it, right? Because I'm alone in a river. I uh, don't want to I don't want to be that headline. Anyway, um, the, the other alternative title uh, to this week's episode, which was which was also clever, mind you, was It's a Wonderful Strife. You like which one do you like better? Little Dabble Do You or Wonderful Strife? Probably Wonderful Strife because you don't know what I mean by Little Dabble Do You. And here's what I mean. I mean that when we dabble in the extremes, we thrive in the middle. Dabble. When we dabble in extremes. And this is an interesting thing, the idea of extremes, because I've talked about this, I think, a while ago, but this is, I'm really not talking about what our perception of extreme is. Like people go, my gosh, that guy, he just eats fruit all day. That's so extreme. It's really not at all extreme for us as animals. It's extreme in context of the, of the world because most people don't do that, but that doesn't mean an extreme diet for us in terms of what we were seeing. These guys eating fruit all day. I mean, it's like the least extreme kind of thing you could do. Gorillas are like, yeah, it's fine. I, I dig that too. Um, and so anyway, back to this. What I mean is extreme is moments that I talk about like discomfort and struggle, moments where I'm getting in that river. When we, when The fact of the matter is this is beyond just the uh, accomplishment or the mind control that is involved, and there really is, it's like learning this kind of thing where I get in the river with the breathing and it's, it is, if I get in a cold shower without doing the prep, it's super cold and super uncomfortable. If I do the prep, which is the breathing technique and sort of getting centered, it's not uncomfortable. It's the weirdest damn thing, but it's just happening for me. Okay. Don't look, I, you could think I'm crazy, whatever. I'm just saying this is my experience on it. Okay. Um, but the fact of the matter is when we dabble in the extremes, when we make it a conscious effort to just kind of pop far left, pop far right, not a, a ton of time, but just pop out, we actually do better in the middle. We actually live better because we're jumping out to the extremes now and then. I think many of our lives are built around 
trying to keep everything in a nice tight package right around the middle. We don't want to go too far on either way. And I actually think we do better by going pretty damn far either way. Uh, that goes for exercise or even, uh, you know, eating well or whatever. But when we dabble in the extremes, when we dabble in, in areas of discomfort, we come back in the middle and we both appreciate our day-to-day a little bit better, but we also succeed in our day-to-day a little bit better. When we hang too long in extremes, not dabbling now, but hanging too long. And this is, by the way, mindset extremes like the cold thing, but also physical, but also like extreme stress in the workplace and in relationship. Everything that we do day to day is best served when we, in a weird way, like if you work all the time to make sure that your relationship never has an argument, that, that, that your relationship is always just on the surface in this nice little box, probably it's going to fall apart. And, and it, that's not scientific, but it's just what it is. When you spend all your time not engaging so that you cannot have a, a, a dabble, and this is a weird way, I'm not saying people should definitely have arguments, but kind of I am. I'm saying this. I'm not saying you should have art on purpose. Let's have a fake argument because Sid said that. I'm just saying when you're open enough to the reality that sometimes you're going to dip into extremes, your day-to-day is going to be better as a result of that. When you're open enough in your relationship to sort of lay yourself out in a very open way, knowing that when you do and when your partner does, that there's probably going to be some some stuff coming up because that's just the reality of two human beings kind of sharing that thing, you're the better for it. You're stronger for it because each time you do those things and you get through it, you've strengthened your relationship just like every time I get in the cold shower or cold river, I'm physically strengthening my body and mind. I'm doing these little things that allows me that allow me to thrive better in the, in the day-to-day when I'm not in the river and I'm like have a little bit of perspective. When I do the extreme of the 50-mile run that I did or the ultra marathon, I dabble. I'm not doing that all the time. But when I do and I come back into the day-to-day, when I come back into the middle ground, kind of not too much this way, not too much that way, I'm, better, I'm, I'm a better human being for it in my life. I dabble in the uh, extremes and then I come back into the middle and I do quite well. But when we hang too much in the extremes, when we exercise too much or too little, when we, when we eat too healthy all the time or not enough, when we are hanging, when our life is extreme in its most of the time, we actually fail. And worse than that, either hanging in the extremes, when we try to control everything so much so that nothing ever gets outside that cute little box, we also fail. And by the way, totally get distracted in our lives and not actually being aware of the things that are happening that we would enjoy. So we try to control food perfectly, get that thing perfect. It's kind of extreme in its mindset, but maybe we're trying to keep it in reality, not so extreme the way it looks. And all of a sudden, we're just messing our brains up. We're just so hyper-focused on this kind of craziness where all of our time is spent either trying to control a situation or uh, you know, avoid a situation. And when we can be more open at times and say, it's going to come. The time of extreme is going to come. And when it doesn't come, we make it happen. When your life is so kind of like every day is all the same kind of thing, then we have to say a conscious effort to say, I'm going to dabble on purpose. I'm going to take on, I'm kind of just like here. I don't have to do anything. I'm going to dabble. I'm going to pop into that thing. And then I'm going to come back out. That's cold therapy or whatever. That's the, the, by the way, that's the struggle that exists like, 
I'll just come back to my music career of that struggle of that work. That's what makes it worthwhile. It, I, as much as I wanted to be a successful musician, I would not have wanted it handed to me because it's not the 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 experience of having extreme, you know, wanting something so bad and having it having it fail, and then you have then you have great success, but then that's momentary, and then you have great failure, but then back, but then day to day, you're enjoying yourself even more, and you're working, and it's all part of that whole picture. But we want to cut out that part of the picture. We want to we don't want any failure, and we and we we just don't want to have that at all. We want to just like in this nice little thing that we can count on and control day to day, and most of the time we lose when we when we try to get that thing done. Most of the time, we stay in one place, dabbling a little dab. If you have a, a pretty controlled life, it may mean consciously deciding, you know what, I'm going to actually do something a little out of the box here. Uh, dabble in it. I'm just going to try. I'm going to do something that's uncomfortable on purpose because I know that it's going to strengthen me in mind and body. And so when I'm living my day to day, I'm negotiating that better. Things don't affect me as negatively because I've seen worse. And I've, I think I've talked about the reason, but I, but I, but I recently have said like, at, at, at times where things get stressful at work or something, I'm also I, there are times when I, I'm actually going like, yeah, this is like nothing compared to when I ran 50 miles and just felt like I was going to die, but got through it. <laughs> you know, it's like it's like the weirdest thing. But when we have these experiences of getting through the extremes on occasion, again, I'll come back to that relationship. We had a gnarly fight, but then we resolved it and we talked about it and we got through it. And you are stronger every time that happens. You really actually are stronger every time that happens. It's weird. Of course, we don't want the argument. It's horrible. It feels horrible. But at the same time, our relationship strengthens as a result of those kinds of things. It strengthens as a result of us being open enough to discuss and converse even when we disagree and get in a fight and get super pissed, but then get past it, all of a sudden, robust. We've got it. We've got it. We've got a little bit more a bricks added to the wall and just it's like strengthening that that way. And that's that's what I mean by a little dabble do you is just pop in now and then that little extreme existence for short periods of time. We can't deal with extreme stress in the workplace every day. We can't. We need breaks. And we need breaks sometimes that are extreme breaks of like, I mean, full on, I'm not doing anything, like nothing. I'm going to sit on my ass and do nothing. That's dabbling too. But can you clearly see like when you just do nothing all the time? Uh-oh. That's your then you're not thriving in the middle because you're not even around the middle. And this is related to um, I can't remember who I was talking to recently about this. Um, so I'm sorry if you're the one I talked to, but I can't remember what it is. But this is uh, somebody in a rut. And I think it was somebody's family member with like they're they're like he or she is in a rut. In a rut, and we use that kind of thing. And I was talking I was thinking about this like when the rut becomes the routine itself. Like let's say you just something happens and you kind of like let me let's say this is a total hypothetical that actually has literally nothing to do with the actual thing that somebody told me. But let's say you lose your job and you have to move back to your parents' basement. That's always the cliche of the <laughs> Seinfeld had a thing he goes it's never good news. You never go like yeah, I got a new job, new car, move back in with my folks. Um and so it's always Let's say you've gotten that reality and you sort of, it, it's like, oh, and you feel hopeless and it's like, ah, oh, and you, and you get into a rut and all of a sudden, very quickly, you, that's just your life because guess what? We adjust to our most of the time, don't we? We adjust. Oh, I always say, what is it that defines your health and happiness? Your mod, what you do most of the time. Well, if what you do have been doing most of the time is hanging out in your basement, not getting outside because you're depressed because you lost your job and whatever else. And it makes sense. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that can quickly become your reality. That can become your routine. That's what you now are used to. That's your new normal. And that's a rough thing. That's begging 
for these very, very small moments of extreme it, it, for you. And it's relative to you, by the way. I'm not saying get into an ice bath because that's may not be that's just cuckoo for some people. But for some people, that's an that's an extreme that is within the again time and place. I'll come back to that, like time and place. But for for somebody who's in a rut and never gets off the couch, dabbling in extremes is getting up and walking for five minutes or one minute or two minutes. Something that you're dabbling in, and then all of a sudden the quality of your rut changes over time. And actually, quality of your of your rut is just immediately shifted. Not to the point where you're going to, now I'm cured, but the quality changes because you just broke it up a little bit. You just broke up that routine, not by saying, I just have to get off my ass because of course you might think that, but you don't say that anymore. You don't go, I have to get off my ass. You say, not, I'm not going to do this, but I'm going to do this. I'm going to get up and walk for two minutes. Again, I talked about this in the beginning of this episode, the overwhelm is massive. And when somebody's in a rut like that and they lost their job and they can't, the idea of getting a job feels huge and enormous. And the idea of starting an exercise program feels huge and enormous. And the idea of improving your diet feels huge and enormous. And guess what? Because it is the most of the time the way we think about those things. Because an exercise plan is enormous if you're in a rut. Because changing your diet overnight is enormous if you're in a rut. Because going out and doing job hunting is enormous if you're in a rut. Because the way we frame those things are that they are that huge and they are that massive. But if we say, wait a second, let me redefine these things given my time and place and bring these things down to maybe five minutes uh, a day going online and looking for jobs, five minutes and I set a stopwatch and I literally shut it off, then all of a sudden the overwhelm never happens. But we are dabbling in the extremes at the same time. That's an extreme for that person. Five minutes a day is kind of extreme. And they're popping out and they're popping back in a nice little safe rut place. But the rut's different now. And it changes over time. And this is what I mean by a little dabble do you. These little moments are not enough to place us in overwhelm. In fact, the opposite. They They are the way that we avoid the overwhelm. These moments in the extreme are not ways that we tank ourselves. They are the ways that we strengthen ourselves. And that is an incredible place to be. Um, And so I'll sort of finish up with that there. But I wanted to say one more thing about small stepping. Because it is its own, small stepping, the way, you know, like my practice that I talk about every week, is its own thing. It really is its own thing. And it's not... Like I always say, and I've been very clear from day one on this, is 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 it takes work. It is its own thing. Smallsteppers.com is a program. You have to make a choice to do that program or you have to make a choice to follow whether you do the, the online thing or not. If you just follow my approach based on this podcast, it's still a choice. And not everybody's ready for this thing. It's not, it doesn't, I'm not delivering it to anybody. I'm delivering a framework. You have to make the decision to do it. I think I'm minimizing the amount of work involved in transitioning your life to a healthier and happier level, but there's work to be sure, as I always say. So small steppers is not automatic. Quite the opposite. Not everybody succeeds at small stepping because it's a commitment to engage in this process like it is a commitment to engage in any process. Again, I think this is the best one. That's just me. You might not agree, then go somewhere, you know, listen to another podcast. Of course, whatever works for you. But I think it's cool if you're not ready to try small stepping to hang out with me every week. Not much time on this podcast. Hang out with me. And even beyond that is this. And this is what I truly believe. And I really talk about the constraints of belief. There's no constraint of this belief that I have. And this is 100% absolutely true. I believe that you have the strength and you have the power and you and you, there is a person in you that is the true you. 
that, that, that I can get to and you can get to in that first task by asking yourself. And again, easier said than done because you got to have the moments to, of silence to sort of ask yourself these questions. But that person's there. That person being the person that is already a healthy eater, is already somebody who exercises, is already in a successful relationship, even when maybe none of those things is actually true in the world that you're living in. But deep down, you're that person and that person's there. Because small steppers isn't, not everybody's ready for it, means that that person is kind of hanging right now and they're not coming out and they're not ready to come out. And that's okay. I think it's good to know that it's there and I'm just saying, come hang out with me every week of this podcast so that you can sort of give a howdy to that to that person. I, I know, And just let them know. I know you're there. And at some point, whether it's with Sid's small steppers thing or something, I'm going to kind of start bringing you out. when I'm, I'm not ready yet. I'm not, not ready. I may be in a rut even. I may be in a routine of stuff that's not that healthy day to day. But I want you to know that I know you're there. And I know you're, you, you do better. You want to come out. And I want you to come out. But right now, I'm just going to kind of hang back, and, and I want to be more clear every week that I know you're down there, and then at some point soon, I'll start bringing you out in, in little moments just to kind of get you used to the world and get the world used to you, and that's the process here. Don't feel pressure to maintain a steps list and to do the first task just because you heard this heard it on this podcast. If you're just thinking about this kind of thing, if you're just thinking about maybe trying a different way to do things in your life, that's phenomenal because in doing that you're not leading yourself to a, up to out to immediate burnout. You're avoiding that. But you're thinking in a different way and in a way that's kind of a dabble in extremes in, in, compared to what people uh, end up thinking about in their lives. That is a pretty cool way and that will inform and change your day to day. It really, really will just in the thinking about it. How cool is that? But there's no pressure here. You're not failing because you don't have a physical steps list. Of course, it's part and parcel to the, to the program that you may not be ready or, or not be convinced yet. So just come hang out with me. Know that that person in who you, what you truly value is there. It's not a, a back burner. It's there. It's actually who you are. And that's great to know. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you say? Isn't that good to know that that person's there, that that person is in you right now? And maybe you're not living in accordance with that person, but that doesn't mean that person's not there because he or she is. He or she freaking is. Dig? All right, you guys. I'm hanging it up for this week. Episode 221. Next week's episode 222. Oh, man, that's going to be so not really of consequence. Will you guys take care of yourselves this week? Can you just do that for me? Gosh, it makes my world better when you guys are taking care of yourselves. Does that make a lot of sense? It should. It's pretty simple. If you guys are happier than when I pass you on the freaking street, you're happier. And then I'm happier. And then I'm happier. Then you're happier. Oh, my gosh, it's like a happy fest. I'll talk to you guys next week. Be well, will you?
Sorry. 